Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth, don't. <laughs> this is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty pitch, and organizer, rock and roll PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, Randy Morgan. Oh my God, Dana. Today we have this amazing um, bronze sculptor called Randy Morgan. And he's so freaking talented. I can't wait. And his personality is huge. I mean, he's such a funny guy with so many interesting stories. I can't wait to meet him. I did a little bit of internet stalking in preparation for the episode and looked at some of the amazing art that he's done. And he's done really cool public art pieces. He has also done, and this is like what I'm dying to talk about, he's done these pieces in people's homes and like around their pools and it looks just like I am luxury I am decadence like it is so fancy and amazing when you think of like uh, how like your home style has evolved like over the last like couple of years like oh my god the stuff that like he has <laughs> this, the kind of like pieces that he does for people in like their homes like have you? Could you ever picture having like a home like that that has these amazing pieces in it? Well, I could now. My taste has evolved like tremendously. I remember having uh, a pink wall in my room. <laughs> like my room was pink, but like Pepto Bismol pink. How old were you when you had a Pepto room? Um, I was in my twenties, <laughs> and then I decided that it would be really cool to take acrylic paint. And dip a fork in it and then splatter the walls with this black paint. And then I just remember being in the room and feeling totally, like, uncomfortable. Like, And I couldn't you figure were. out why. You threw paint <laughs> all over the walls, Beth. <laughs> of course then, you were. <laughs> and then when I look at the other day, I was, like, looking at these pictures. I, You know, and I had my big poof on, like, uh, tease. I used to tease my hair with a mustache comb. Like what is little, that? They're, okay, so men that have like facial hair, they used to have these little combs, and they're about teeny little things. They look like hairbrushes for a Barbie doll. I don't know why I'm picturing he was Monica's boyfriend in like an early season of Tom Selleck. Oh, yes. Yes. That's like the mustache I'm picturing when you say it. Yeah. So they have these little combs that they comb there. So I used to tease my hair. So on the ends and I would I mean at the root and then aquanet it. And so I have this picture of me in this Pepto-Bismol pink room. At the time, Madonna was like the thing. So I was platinum blonde. With my roots teased, so I look like a porcupine, and Aquanet, and I'm sitting in the room, and I saw this picture, and I was like, oh, my God, was I ever comfortable in this room? No. That's why I did, I think, so many drugs. No. I mean. (laughs) Or drank so much. That does not sound like a, like, comfy let your hair down situation. I am familiar with, like, the tease at the root and the Aquanet because I am from Staten Island. So, like, but it was a rat tail comb was always what we would use for that. The Jersey look. 
the jersey look, which is 1980s, like, at its core, like, so early understated. 90s, late 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, a nice, understated... <gasps> Porcupine. Porcupine. <laughs> the bangs that stand straight up. I don't even know. Oh I wouldn't God, even know how bangs. to begin to try to understand how the def- the gravity was defied for an entire decade with bangs that st- that went up. Well, and I also lived in Florida, so I don't know <gasps> how I defied the humidity. I lived in Florida for a year, and I wore a ponytail every single day. It was Talk like, about bad hair days. I mean, you would cross the state line from Georgia. We used to drive from New York. My my hair and my mother's hair go up. <laughs> it's like frizzball. Frizzball. Like, I have straight hair, and I get a frizzball when I go to Florida. Oh, my God. And my hair is, like, super straight. Mine is not. So has your design uh, taste changed? I oh, think. yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sure there will be a point where I look back on all of, like, my marble rose gold accents and my Himalayan salt lamps, and I'll be like, Jesus Christ, get over yourself. <laughs> but that's hey, like listen, kind of like my aesthetic like now. Little spirituality goes a long way. I know. I'm just like covered in crystals <laughs> and like my white bed sheets that are like, if I'm being like completely honest, covered in fucking mascara. But <laughs> there was a point in my teenage years where my room was painted completely red, I had a leopard bedspread. And black lights. It was like a sex dungeon. And my oh, mother gave me like sounds very Rick James. It was very Rick James. It was very <laughs> She's like a very kinky girl. Yeah, which is I had a, a retainer in my mouth that was permanent. <laughs> I had a permanent retainer. So I was like coming home from like You talk like this? I talked yeah for years. <laughs> I had to get my first blowjob with that thing in my mouth. It was horrible. Was it messy? It was <laughs> It was so many things. Um, I think dangerous is probably the biggest thing it was. But I was coming home to this, like, sexy, sexy room. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, my, like, giant Jansport that was, like, ripping, just filled with textbooks. And, like, what did your mom think about all this? (laughs) My mom, bless her heart, like, she was so patient with me. I remember she would stand, like, at the door, and she'd go, okay. Question, did you have any mirrors on the ceiling? I, it would have been the only thing missing. (laughs) Any uh, neon velvet paintings on the wall? You know what? I, (laughs) when I was, like, maybe, like, a little older, maybe, like, a senior in high school, that... Uh, people like would know I like smoked weed so I wanted to make my room represent that so I had like three Bob Mar- Marley posters you don't listen to Bob Marley in my house my mother not me oh my like, god <laughs> <laughs> and hence the pot smoking began yeah so now like when I look at my space like I try and like I come home to something that I find very relaxing because I too have had a room that caused me Great anxiety. <laughs> oh my god! Do you remember those the what were they called? The big eyes, those paintings with the dolls that had the the big eyes. The big yeah, eyes. yeah. Uh, Tim Burton did that movie with Amy Adams a few years ago. Those like big. Um, I don't like anything with eyes. I don't even like a teddy bear or <laughs> I don't want a picture. I'm learning so much about you in this episode. <laughs> I know I really came in hot like an open book. Oh I was like, God. it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I've had three cups of coffee and I want to talk like You're I've had a bottle of wine. fire right now. Oh, my God. Imagine well, if we did an episode where I drank. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we got to try that. <laughs> I want to hear more. Well, yeah, I, I have to say that my tastes um, have I've gone through, you know, 
the crazy every color in the house to the Spanish Mediterranean where one room was red, one room was yellow. Your home and- now is gorgeous. Like you really, I think, landed on something very like serene and tranquil and like open and bright. Well, I love open. You know, like uh, my house, I have French doors. I I open everything all the time. I like bright light, um, skylights, and um if you would have seen my house, my walls, like I had a red room. It was a Moroccan room. And then I had a yellow and it was Spanish Mediterranean. <laughs> and so now I painted my walls white because I feel like I want clean, serene, just uh, just like I've always had a black car. Now I want, I, I'm driving a white car because I wanted pure and just, you know, and I have my crystals too. But um, I just remember when we bought the house, so my house has been evolved through it started as a ranch home and now it's evolved into like the Spanish Mediterranean and now it's going a little bit modern with a little Spanish in there but um man doing stuff to your house is a pain in the ass because I remember when we put in the pool it was a nightmare like I was fighting with my contractor all the time and you know that you don't win any fights with me oh like, no uh, just in case anybody <laughs> Was under any impression. This is our season finale, and I just want to leave you with one thing. Don't pick a fight with Elizabeth. Don't do it. You won't win. You won't win. (laughs) So I wanted this specific stone that I saw in Hawaii around the pool that looked like sand. And my architect kept trying to get me to do gray slate. And I just didn't want it. I wanted my backyard, like, super tropical, you know. And so I am a Caribbean woman, so I wanted tropical. So we fought for months. And he's like, you're just not going to find this. It's not going to – you're holding everything back. And I'm like, it's my house, and I'm going to live here. I want what I want when I want it. So I looked for three months, and I found the stone. Of course you fucking did. Of course you did. Yeah. And not only did I do that, but I took the architect and I rubbed his face <laughs> and said, do you see? You're just being lazy. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm dying to hear if Randy's had some nightmare clients like me. I'm so excited. I want to hear all about he has so many cool up and coming stuff. His book. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear about all of it. Oh, my God. And yeah, let me just tell you just because I'm a type A um, in my house. I am the handy woman. And Mike is not allowed to touch my toolbox. So I'm the one that, you know, builds, uh, does everything. And if you touch my toolbox, unless you touch it softly. Um, <laughs> yeah, buy, buy my toolbox dinner first, please. Yes. Buy the toolbox girl dinner first, and then you can touch my toolbox. But no, he's not allowed to touch it. He's not allowed. Because you know what? Knowing- shit misses every time. <laughs> well, let's get Randy in here. I can't wait to hear all of his... Um, he's had such a journey. I can't wait to hear about all of I it. I can't wait to. Today's guest is a badass award-winning sculptor, best-selling author, and has currently shot a new TV pilot based around his art. He not only makes incredible pieces of art, but he also uses bronze to create doors, create amazing architectural elements, and public art pieces. He continues to innovate and push the limits of designs, always creating for those who are searching for the unique. Randy Morgan is here in the studio today, and I am so excited to meet you, Randy. Welcome. So happy to be here, Elizabeth. Oh, my God. So I have so many questions for you. 
You are a bigger than life person. I mean, your stuff, I've looked at it. It is amazing. And I can't wait to get in because I know you got a lot of stories that I can't wait to hear about. But you are a native Californian. Is that right? Yes, I am. Where were you born? What part of California? Well, actually, I was born in Mississippi. And my dad was a Iwo Jima survivor from World War II. Wow. He lied to get in the Marines at 15, <gasps> fought the last two battles of the war. He got out. He went to the school on the GI Bill, and then they drafted him back into Korea in 1953. And then that's when he brought the family to California because they made him a drill instructor at Camp Pendleton. Oh, my in, God. Down in San Clemente. So that's how we got to Laguna Beach. Wow. I still reside. I love Laguna Beach. It's oh, so... Yeah, that's great. So, Randy, I'm still, I, I've, I've been there for 15 years and I'm still looking for a parking place. <laughs> but it's hey, cool. Who needs a parking place when you got that incredible <laughs> beach? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Randy, um, I heard a story about you that's probably got to be one of my favorite stories that you drove your car in the 1970s from Newport Beach to Chile. Yes, I did. In South yes, America. Tell me about that experience and why drive? Is that I didn't even know that was even possible. Well, you know, I didn't know it was possible either. I actually was just um, with my first wife, and it was after college, and uh, I had a little bit of cash. Um, so I was going to go to Costa Rica and go surfing. So I, in those days, we drove because I surfed all along the way in Mexico, and I've been to Mexico a few times. Um, we traveled through Central America. I, I met this, this guy from Chile. And this guy from Argentina, they were both driving, each driving a car, and we kept surfing in all the surf spots on the way down. We kept bumping into these guys, so we befriended them. You know, we hung oh out with them God. for a couple of weeks, and they invited us to come down to, to Chile. This guy said, "My father has a little little ranch, and you guys can come down." And and so I sent home for a little bit more money. I had a little bit more money left, and um, we you had to go to Panama, put your car on a ferry, ferry it over to Colombia, and then. Uh, fly over in a plane to Colombia, to Cali, take a bus back to the coast and get it off the ferry. It was a big hassle. Oh, um, my God. And so then we drove all over South America. And then we got down to Chile, and the little ranch was about from Hollywood here to Tijuana. That's how little the ranch was. Oh, my God. And so they were very wealthy. <laughs> and they, then they flew us in a, in a plane to Brazil, and we went all over with them, and they showed us South America. So it was incredible. Any yes. crazy stories along the way? Oh, a lot of crazy stories. Um yeah, I think the uh, statute of limitations has run out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta watch it with those South American stories. Hey, I'm but, uh, sure I listen. Colombia, uh, yeah. Chile, we don't need to go any further. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just kind of crazy. I mean, you know, we had no cell phone in those days. Well, just um, driving there is yeah, crazy. Yeah, driving is wild because you're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, they had terrorists. The FARC was operating in uh, Colombia, so you had to watch it when you were out in the in the jungle and and you know we spent two weeks down in the yungas the jungle oh my in god in the amazon uh waiting for it to stop raining in a tin shack playing cards with these guys waiting for the river to go down enough so they could float us across and you know you just it was like the motorcycle diaries that movie it was like the motorcycle diaries on steroids so you're like a cat you have like nine lives probably yeah, by I this by this point you probably have more i heard that you own several bars and clubs before you decided to return to art what enticed you to return back to art? Well, when I was a child, I won my first art award at, at five years old. Um, wow. My, my uh, kindergarten teacher, who, who I was in love with, I fell in love with her. And so to impress her, I was... Do, so I you've been drawing. a ladies' man since you were in kindergarten. Well, yeah. I, so. I, don't know, I don't know if I'm a good one, but I am one. <laughs> I won my first award. I won the 
uh, blue ribbon at the L.A. County Fair for the kindergartners for a painting I did of a horse. But um, my dad was a print, uh, worked as a printer for a while, and he would bring big rolls of paper home for me, and I would roll the paper out and lock myself in my room for hours and draw these storyboards, cowboys and Indians, sports heroes, stuff like that. So they thought I was weird, so they took me to a psychologist, and the guy, luckily, it was a... It, you know, this was in the 50s. Luckily, it was a guy that said to keep encouraging me. So my parents encouraged me, which was good. And that's one of the things I have in my book, The Creation Code. Um, it's about encouraging people for what their gifts for. I'm a firm believer in there's a lot of alcoholism, drug use, and, and unhappy people that haven't been doing what their gifts are. And so they're right. like they let other people influence them and criticize them. And so they end up having a career that they that they're not shouldn't be in. Well, right, because they, they want to homogenize everybody. So anybody that has a yeah, little bit a of a yes, cre- creative spirit, you know, like even my son, he's a very creative spirit and he's different than the other kids. But he's so intelligent right. that I remember one of the teachers at school when he was in third grade was like, oh, you know, he thinks outside the box. And I'm thinking, yes, that's. That's exactly Thank what we God. want. Thank, Thank God. God. Yes, yeah. I agree. Well, that's how people get uh, ide- ideas or how billionaires are made. Exactly. You make, you, make you, you know, you make good money working for what you, you uh, trained yourself to do. You make fabulous money for having ideas and being paid for your ideas. And I embrace the being different. Yeah, embrace the being different. You have to. Now, um, what is Roadmap of Art Walls? Okay, so... Um, I'm like the, I'm kind of like the Madonna of art. I had to reinvent myself a few times because of just the way the art world has flowed over the years. I'm, right. I'm almost 70 years old, so. I oh, you I'm, look fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, we're all, we're all, I mean, I'm like Peter Pan. If you, that's what people say about me. Because, well, that's good. That's what keeps you, you young. Why, why don't you grow up? And I always say, why? No, who wants to grow up? I don't want to grow up. I don't mind growing old, but I don't want to grow up. Exactly. At any any rate, what was the question? I'm sorry. The question is, what's the roadmap of Art Walls? Oh, the roadmap of Art Walls. Well, um, when the building industry went away, I had a long career. Uh, I I chose to be an architectural artist and, and work for the studios making sets and working on the theme parks for the various uh, water parks and, you know, the one with the mouse and... Right, we can't say the name. Yeah. The one with the mouse. So I have a a long career that I can't even show people pictures of because they own it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You sign a contract like a phone book when you you do your artwork for them. That kind of sucks, though. Yeah. You know, because you. I mean, I'm sure those pieces are like amazing and you can't even share it with, with anybody. We couldn't make money as visual artists, or it was hard to make money. I won't say you couldn't make money, but it was hard to make money before the internet came along, which you probably don't remember because you're you're younger. And, uh, thank you for that, but uh, and, I was around when the internet wasn't around. Okay. And social media. <laughs> right. So you couldn't like blow yourself up or brand yourself or, you know, all that stuff or just things that started happening and careers are being made on people that brand people and. You know, it's a, it's a whole new world. It's a whole it's new a, world. It's an exciting world we live in today. Like you said, I have a TV show that's coming out. It's based around my art, kind of like Anthony Bourdain meets uh, Shameless. 
I don't know, something like that. So I cannot wait in that, to in see that it. category. And it's really good that more creative people have their visions coming to fruition because there's just more. I mean, when there were, when uh, we, I was coming up, there were three TV stations, you know, NBC, ABC, and CBS. Right. And that's it. So that's all the TV there was. I think it's so incredible that I can come home at night after a hard day's work and just veg and turn on Netflix or Bravo or some channel and just watch TV show after TV show. I think with social media, the great thing is, too, is you don't have the gatekeepers that, you know, want to monopolize everything. You know, although I have like a love-hate with social media, but you don't have to. There is no more gatekeepers. You can make your own way that's right and that's that's what you need to do if you if you want to make money and you know key to me and what you said what is a roadmap of art walls well i became a architectural artist and i'm working for the studios and the theme parks and architects and builders because i needed to have a check my wife didn't want to hear from my i had six kids not counting mexico so um (laughs) (laughs) but uh she she didn't want to hear that i uh i love you I, i didn't have a uh you know, I'm sorry we don't have shoes and we don't have food and we don't we sleep in our car. But I didn't want to do that, so I had to drive. So I would drive from Laguna Beach to Burbank to work for sometimes on a set, and I'd drive and work at the theme parks. And you know, I paid my dues, and it was really hard to be an artist. And so after college, I got into the bar business, like you said. I had some restaurants and bars, and I woke up one morning at 35 years old, and I realized I was just babysitting a bunch of people. You know, I went back and became and became an artist, and then I realized I can't make money unless I want to hang my artwork in a gallery and wait for somebody to come in. Today, you just do your e-commerce gallery, put it on, on, um, on your e-commerce site, and people are buying it in Florida, but, you know, you can't put... put uh, try to depend on making money on just a physical art gallery and having people walk in and buy your work. You just, you just yeah, it's very it. limiting. So I wouldn't want to go back and do my journey again, but it's made me what I was because it taught me how to how to work, you know, right. pick up my lunch pail and go to work and, you know, forget writer's block. But life, life full circle because, you know, maybe if you wouldn't have gone through all of that, right, then you wouldn't be where you're at now where you've written your book and you're at five bestseller lists and you have a TV pilot and you have your art that's being exhibited. Right. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, you created the Waterman's Wall in Laguna Beach. Right, that's part of the roadmap of art walls. And what that is, it's a 40-foot wall on the side of the Hobie building. In 08, when the building industry went away, right. I was doing really well selling over here on Melrose at the Blue Whale. Oh, right. Pacific Design the Center. Design Center. Um, I had a showroom and I was selling my my sculptured doors. I'm famous for my sculptured doors and handles. They're and, beautiful. Um, I saw yeah, some of the you. pieces. Oh, my God. Thank you. And um, so, and then one day I woke up and the entire building industry had gone away because of the crash of 08. You know, oh, my God. The yeah, that was... The crash. So, I had to go back and invent myself. So, I started doing these big bas relief and bas relief the word is a french word and it means it means drawing and sculpture so it's like a 3d object that's placed on the side of a wall that's flat that's a sculpture it's a 3d a thing, 3d sculpture but, it, but it's really a drawing it's right like a drawing because all the elements are like you have to really pay attention to perspective and where the thing's going to be seen from it's not like a something you can walk around like a sculpture so i created um my first one in Upland, California, called uh, The History of Upland. Um, 
It's a 50-foot wall, and then I saw this big wall in Laguna Beach on the side of the Hobie building, and I approached to Mark Christie, the guy that owns Hobie, and asked him if uh, he wanted to make something on our waterman. I'm a surfer, so I wanted to make a mural there of um, our ocean heritage and our waterman culture in Laguna. And it was kind of crazy because he loved the idea. And we went to the city and he got to pass through the city immediately. They loved the project. And then we got, it's crazy working in public art. I went to the sign review of the city and they told me it couldn't be bigger than four by eight feet or it would be construed as a billboard. And it's like 40 feet by 10 feet. Oh my so God. I, they told me that I could do it and it's passed, but I had to find the money because the Hobie Sports couldn't put up the money right. for the um, project. So I got I got it approved, but I immediately lost my money. So because you had you know, to pay that, for everything. Yeah, so that was a two-year project, and then I started getting after. But after I got that one done, I got really famous for that one, and then that's how I got other pro walls offered to me and projects offered to me. What is the craziest thing you've had to do for one of your pieces? I had to make some uh, sculptured double door for this lady down in Rancho Santa Fe of schnauzers of of dogs. Oh my God! I didn't really want to do it. Randy, I got to say, you have a book that you just launched, and the Creation Code, and it's already on five bestseller categories on Amazon. And I want to know what is the book about and where can people find it? Okay. They can still find it on Amazon. They can all go, also go to my website, website. randymorganart.com, and uh, it's called The Creation Code, and it's about, um, you know, like... Who is our Who is our ultimate creator? God, right? Right. He says in the Bible, you know, I'm the creator and we are made in what? The image of God. So right. I guess that makes us all... A piece our, of God. Our birthright is we're creators. Yeah. Because we're like God, right? He yeah. says it. I didn't... Right. But, um, I love you know, that creation code. So, so what I do in this book is I just show younger artists that as the internet came along and, and where you can market your work, where you can sell your work... And I, I wove that into telling my story, you know, my oh, life, wow. like these little stories I have. Right. I'm an Irishman and I'm a storyteller and I'm a storyteller of my art. Like you met Joe, my producer of the TV show. Right. With Mark Gold. We're going to have him come in and here a little bit later. he's going to come in a little while, but yeah. I also have him working at Randy Morgan Art now and I'm lucky to have him to help put the wheels on a lot of the social media and the stuff we're doing. Well, so. and it's great that you are helping new artists and telling your story because, you know, that's how, that's how you learn and you're absolutely right. I love the message that if you don't believe in yourself, yeah, there's no way go you're not going to go anywhere because if you don't believe in yourself, how's anybody else going to believe in you? I, 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 what was that I heard the other day that I really resonated with me. I think it was, uh, you're treated however you let people treat you. Exactly. So you know what I mean? It's like, I, I've, you know, like people in relationships, well, he treats me so bad. Well, how long has he been doing this? Well, eight years. Well, you know. That you allowed it, what, yeah. What can I, I just, say to you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you got to take control of your life. Him or her, you know, I just mean, exactly. you know. No, right. Or right. even a business relationship. Well, any type of relationship, because there's all type friendships, you know, you hear people complain about friends, especially women, about their girlfriends and this and that. And it's like, well, you allow that to right, happen. Right. So right before we get to our game, because we want to play a little okay, game with cool. you. I know that you have uh, what's called Motown Wall. Motown oh, Wall. Yeah, 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 what yeah. is that? Can you tell us a little bit well, about that? You know, the 60 year anniversary of Motown is this year. 
I took a trip back to Detroit. The first thing I did was go to the Motown Museum because I love Motown. When I was a kid Me growing too. up, at, in that era that I grew up, it was Motown, the Beach Boys, the Beatles. It was Muhammad Ali. It was Martin Luther King, the Vietnam War, social change. And so they were a big part of it. There were no black labels or really black artists until Motown kicked the door down in the music industry. Right. So to honor that, I'm being mentored by my pastor at my church, Tim Story. He's known as the pastor of the stars, you know, um, Robert Downey Jr., Charlie Sheen, you know, the list goes on. Right. He's very good friends with with Smokey Robinson and Barry Gordy and all wow. the stars of Motown. Right. And so we, we were talking. I just told him, well, this is what I do with these walls. And I brought Joe on board in my company a while back to do video of my big walls, something that's visually looks and you can it really in art, all you're trying to do is evoke a feeling in the viewer. You know, you can't really tell a story. How do you tell a story? I mean, right. You know, most people don't. You know visually who, tell a story. You visually tell a story. Exactly. But you can't tell the story completely. You can't right. complete the story. So I've done a couple of documentary films off of my pieces. Uh, monument I'm doing in Laguna right now, The Waterman's Wall, where we did video along with it. It just morphed into after we met Tim and we talked to Tim and. He was down to, let's do a Motown wall. Oh, my and, God. So know, is it going to be in he, Detroit? We're going to make it in L.A. here. Oh, listen. And, hey. And, and we're, what we're gonna, because the story is half Detroit and half here. Of course. And Detroit's butthurt. Like, when the Chargers left San Diego and came to L.A., the whole town is this crushed. Shit all, went down. You know, <laughs> not the government, but all the fans are, yeah. you know, crushed. Yeah. Well, the same thing happened in Detroit. So we feel that we should make... And from left to right, what I'll do is I'll use the Detroit skyline as the backdrop and 12 or 14 of the groups from the L.A. now backwards. Oh, that sounds until amazing, the start. Randy. And then we'll make in the iconic, using the iconic images that we all know, like the Supremes with Ed Sullivan standing next to. I remember my parents watching Ed Sullivan all the time. It's like all the amazing yeah. artists that. I'm just going to kind of be the art director. I want to bring in the black artists in Detroit that, you know. I'm a white guy in Detroit trying to do a Motown mural. Yeah. Hey, okay. but it's in so your heart. I, so I'm not it's crazy. A, it's but, <laughs> but like Tim said, God put the idea in you, so it doesn't really matter. But Well, I can't wait to see this. So it will be a documentary, too. Oh, my be. God. So we're going to see you everywhere. You've yeah. got bestsellers, TV well, pilot. It's everywhere. Your artwork is everywhere. Well, Next, we're going to play a little game and have a little okay, fun. And I'm going to have Joe come in for the game, All too. Right. So Good let's job. call them in. Come on, guys. All right. So we have producer uh, Joe Holes of Joe Holes Productions uh, is here with Randy today. They work closely together all the time. So we bullied him into playing this game that we play on the show every week. So normally the way that we play this game, it's called Two Tweets and a Lie. But Randy, you don't tweet. But your book is crushing it on Amazon. So what I thought I would do is I would alter the game a little bit. I usually read three tweets, two of which are real, one's a lie. These are three Amazon reviews, two are real, and one is a lie. They are not for your book, but they are for products that I thought were either on brand or funny. So I'm going to read you three reviews and you guys have five seconds to guess as to which one is fake and then I will let you know. Are you guys ready to play? Right. I was born ready. All we right. Have five seconds. Right? Yes, you have five seconds. So And I'm like potato salad. I'm always ready. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't leave it out. Okay. So the Sorry. first product that we're reviewing is for the movie The Bronze, a 2016 comedy starring Gary Cole. The first review says there was no disc in the box. 
The second review is, This movie was very much what you would expect from a bunch of 17-year-olds who rent an HD camera and try to make their own movie. Third review is, Funny, but not like very funny. You'll laugh in your head for sure, but not out loud. Which one is the fake review of the movie The Bronze? I'll guess the first one. First one's fake? I, I think the first one was fake as well. I think the second. Uh, you are all wrong. The There was no disc in the box is a very real review. And oh then the second one was also <laughs> a real review. Goodness. Uh, thank you. I'm the, I made the third one up. All right. Okay. So the second product we're going to review is a Tree of Life Celtic wall plaque. Uh, it looked kind of <laughs> sculptory. And these are the reviews for it. First one, I thought it was going to be big and metal. It is small and plastic. So small it should be considered a choking hazard. Second review. This was going to be a gift for a friend. Thank God I opened it. They would have been very upset. This could have caused a terrible fight between us. Terrible product. And then the third review is cute but cheap. LOL. Like me. Well, the first one sounds like a porn uh, (laughs) toy. Go ahead, Randy. That one was a disappointment, wasn't it? I think the third one's fake. Third one's fake? I'm uh, Once again, I'm in agreement with you, which is scary, but I I say number three. I'll go with porn number one. Uh, The third one is a real review that somebody left. Cupid Cheap Like Me is real on this product, but Elizabeth, you are right. That first one is fake. But I've been saying it. She does have a home court advantage because she's starting to learn my sense of humor. She was not always great at this game, but she's getting much better. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the third uh, product is that you can buy 9,000 live ladybugs on Amazon. Yeah, this was was new information to me. So these are... I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out why. And I smoke a lot of pot, and I was <laughs> trying to figure out why like that 10, was the number 000? last night. Yeah, I was like, like, the fact that it wasn't an even number really, really bothered me. Yeah, 9,000. 9,000, and it's only available in that particular quantity. So wow. these are the reviews for this uh, very confusing product. Number one, all my ladybugs showed up dead. Two. I really liked them when I got them. They were alive and crawling around. I put them out at dusk. A heavy rain came through that night. And the third <laughs> the third review is delicious, uh, which is the fake Amazon review. I'm going with number three. I am too again. Hey, let's get off my page. Try to fix it up a little bit. Go with something else. Uh, I'll go with number two. Number two? number two? I, I think number two. Number two? You go with number one, then somebody will be right. <laughs> number two is real, and number one is real. Number three was fake. Oh, <laughs> yes. What am, I, what, what am I winning for you this? You get to buy lunch. <laughs> oh, that's the best part of this game. You win 9,000 ladybugs. Sweet. <laughs> awesome, you guys. Thank you so much for playing Two Tweets and a Lie Amazon Edition. Please buy Randy's book. I can't wait to read it. I was very excited about it in the booth. So everybody uh, get yourself a copy on Amazon. And so, thank, you so, thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun. Randy, thank you again for coming in. Give us your website and where people can find you, which is... Uh, RandyMorganArt.com. Randy Morgan Art. And also, you have your book right now, Creation Code, on Amazon. Which is an Amazon bestseller on Amazon. Well, it's on five yeah. bestsellers wow. on Amazon. I made a fifth one? Yes. You well, didn't know, you see? How informative this show is? Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> I'm even teaching my guests about themselves. So... 
I have one last question, and it's a question I ask all my guests. I have a feeling you're left unsupervised a lot, but if you were left unsupervised and nobody could see you, what would you do? I think I would get naked and just do naked stretching because nobody likes that. <laughs> nobody, no guy likes to look at his body. Spoken but like a true California boy. <laughs> naked stretching. Do my stretches. Oh my God. Well, Randy. That is a visual that I will never forget. forget. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming. And I cannot wait to see your TV show and read your book. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was fun. Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 